What's up, everybody, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chasing Us podcast. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Uh, just one episode on today's show. It is Mason Ginsburg of In the Know, the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, oh, also at Blue Wire. So go check that out on BlueWire.com if you have not already done so, and check out all the other great podcasts in the Blue Wire Pod network. Um, and also the OGs over there at Bourbon Street Shots, uh, where Mason first started and where I first started reading him years ago. Uh, bring back in the know, uh, bring back uh, ESPN True Hoop Network, rather. that That's really, I mean, both things are great. Um, you don't have to bring back in the know because it's here, but ESPN True Hoop Network, man, um, it's great times, great times. Missed those blogs a lot. Um, well, with Mason, uh, we get into a variety of New Orleans Pelicans things, what's going on with Zion Williamson, how CJ McCollum has looked through the first couple games in a Pelicans uniform, uh, the fit with CJ and Brandon Ingram on the court, uh, the best five-man lineup, uh, biggest surprises, why Herb Jones has been so good for them this year, why Willie Green has just been a breath of fresh air in New Orleans, and why the players just like him so much, and if this team can make the plan and potentially make the playoffs so all that and more on this edition of the chase thomas podcast uh don't forget you can watch mason and i in every other chase thomas podcast episode on youtube uh just go to youtube.com type in the chase thomas podcast hit that subscribe button like thumbs up share it out and uh tell a friend about it but uh yes yeah, so if you'd rather watch than listen you can do that now uh and also if you're a first-time listener and you like what you hear today please make sure you go ahead and subscribe on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast and leave this show a five-star rating and a review on apple podcast spotify or however you are listening um don't forget you can email the show any nba questions anything of the sort any general stuff chase thomas podcast at gmail.com uh like the facebook page at facebook.com slash chase thomas writer follow me on twitter at chase double underscore thomas check out the homepage. yeah the website chase thomas podcast.com access to all of my previous episodes all the information you need about this very program uh i think that's everything all right uncle darren let's go chase thomas podcast the chase thomas podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right we're back here on the chase thomas podcast with a fellow blue wireian blue wireian is what we're gonna go with here uh, mm-hmm, exactly exactly mason ginsburg is here first time and i am very excited to have you on man uh, a lot of Pelican stuff to hit on. I know it's been just oh, it's been a, no, nothing's gone on this week. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man, there's just a lot to hit on, and obviously the NBA season kicking off tonight, and all that good stuff. Uh, the last twenty games or so, but um, your team has been in the news a lot, and I want to get your perspective on someone who covers the team that keeps up with mm-hmm. the team, and things that like the national media and folks who are not as plugged in um, that they might be missing is. Were you at all surprised by JJ Reddick's comments on Zion? And are you surprised, or were you at all surprised to see that he didn't reach out to CJ? Like, is this something that has been brewing that you've been aware of and that Pelican fans have been aware of with Zion for the last two years? Uh, yes and no. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there, I mean, there's been some issues for sure, right? Um, I think the, uh, you know, fr- from the start, there's been some, I think, lack, potential a little bit of lack of trust between Griffin and and Zion. Christian Clark for NOLA.com uh, put out a great piece about this actually as recently as this morning. 
Um, I think the question comes at some point there was like almost a pendulum shift of there is the, you know, both sides have made mistakes and I think mm. that's still the case, but like, I feel like we're at this point where it's kind of more like on Zion and, and this lack of commitment. I think that the CJ thing was, was, was something, I mean, you saw what JJ Reddick had to say about that on ESPN, um, even referencing his time with, um, with new Orleans and saying he confronted Zion about the behaviors rookie year. And so there's, there's a lot there to question. Um, and so, uh, I, I think the, the, the obvious you know, question now is what comes next. I mean, I, I don't think they're, they're, this is irreparable, but I think there, there are clearly some, some, some issues between the, the, the team and, and, and Zion. And I think that the, the, big, the big point of frustration, I think, in the fan base is just really, you know, A, give it a chance, man. Like, this is not a situation where he's been with the, the Pelicans for a, a, you know, a half dozen years or, you know, and, and something knee deep in a second contract and it's still going on. Um, and, and really just trying to, trying to understand what, you know, why, why it's gone this way. So, uh, you know, so quickly. It's fascinating. How much of it, because this is something else I was thinking about with Pelicans fans and just what the West is looking like is that when you have the Grizzlies being what 41 and 17 at this point, and obviously mm-hmm. the jaw Zion draft, kind of like the Luca Trey stuff that I deal with mm-hmm. in Atlanta, those two players are going to be compared with one another for the the duration of their careers. And we mm-hmm. see that John ja Morant is now a first team all NBA player at this point. And he is someone that's playing every game that has revitalized Memphis, that has gotten them out of the place that they were post grit and grind. And they're a number three seed. Like this is a really, really good basketball team. That's ahead of schedule. And he went like, I, like hindsight's 2020, but it is one of those things that I just wonder, is that something that Pelicans fans are thinking about a lot of like, maybe it <laughs> did we mess up by not just going with job? Ja? Because I mean, then again, you're like, I don't know if Ja plays like this or it works like this. If he's in new Orleans versus Memphis, um, how much does Jaws success this season uh, affect um, new Orleans and affect just like how y'all see Zion at the moment? Um, so the latter part's the, I think the most interesting thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, there, there are, there are reasons to be upset with decisions grip grip is in the front office has made over Zion's career. Drafting him over John Moran is not one of those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent revisionist history at this point. Will we rather take John Moran over Zion? I would say most certainly yes. Mm-hmm. But I, if you look back at the draft at the time, there were more people who were arguing, take RJ over yeah. John than there were take John over Zion. And so, um, obviously this is, you know, this is a lot of new learned information because no one's done, no one's done what Zion's done here. No, mm-hmm. um, even the most disgruntled, uh, players, it, it may be internally about where, where they were probably end up getting drafted. Um, you know, they're, they're still professionals. They play for the team at some point, you know, maybe they asked out, but, um, you know, it was, just wasn't, I, I compared it the other day to Eli, the Eli Manning situation a couple, a couple decades ago with, uh, basically telling chargers, I'm, I'm, I don't want to play, I don't yeah. want to play for you guys. And so at least that, that was communicated up front. Um, whereas like, you don't, you just didn't expect this type of disassociation this early in a career. It's unprecedented. Even, even if for a player who maybe felt that way internally, you're still a teammate, you're still, you know, a member of the organization. Um, and if you want to leave at some point, you'll, you'll leave probably. But, um, yeah, so I, I think the most interesting part is is actually for the fan base and comparing the two in, in terms of their level of investment. And so, you know, I, no one expected the Pelicans to be where the Grizzlies are at this point. Um, e- even if, you know, in year three with a fully healthy Zion, they weren't at the place Memphis is. Like, 
that's okay. <laughs> the, the Memphis is like you said, is way ahead of schedule. It's how different both players have approached the franchise. Mm-hmm. That is so staggering, I think. And, and again, most Pelicans fans are very much of, of the opinion that, you know, Griff's made his fair share of mistakes. No one thinks the franchise is perfect. No one's putting all the blame on Zion here, but I think as things continue to progress this way, it's more and more of, well, the Pelicans are writing past wrongs or they're, they're improved, they've improved the roster. They're doing all the right things. Willie Green has, the team loves him. Um, you know, they add CJ and it feels like, you know, the fan base and everyone at Brightly feels like the team's made a lot of great steps uh, throughout the course of the season. Um, and, and so the question becomes, what is it, what is it going to take? Man, that's, that's the whole thing is like, do we see Zion Williams in the season? Do you think we see him play a game in a new Orleans, new Orleans Pelicans uniform before next season? I don't think so. Um, yeah. I, I have no intel on that. Um, I would like to believe that he will. Um, yeah. Well, do we I even just, know how healthy he is? Do we know what the status no. is? Yeah. No. no. Um, and so that's something that that's probably, if you could rank the points of frustration with Zion's camp, I mean, that, that's, that's number, it's mm. close number one. The fact yeah. that, you know, th- there were examples and reasons for Zion to kind of be skeptical with Griff and not trust him in certain things. The medical staff and how they've approached Zion's recovery and health is not one of those things. And yet that Zion's pretty much forced the Pelican's hand to let his people kind of fully manage that process. And every time that's happened, there's been setbacks. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the first point of contention on the floor between the, the Zion and the Pelicans was how the Pelicans wanted to manage his minutes after the meniscus tears rookie season. And that didn't sit well with them. But I mean, the, the, the Aaron Nelson, the med staff, the Pelicans have that they've, they've done a really good job with the team overall. And there's really no reason for there to be distrust in that area of the organization. Much different from years ago. When, I was going to say, there, wasn't there, there was. a really big piece back in the day? Was it Baxter Holmes or Haberstra? Someone wrote a big piece about that years ago. I forgot what yeah. that was. It, I mean, it was like it, when it, the sale just happened too, right? Wasn't that when the Bensons had just bought the team? And this, this was really early on in the Pelicans process. It was like 2015, 2016, yeah. I think something like okay, that. Okay, yeah, seven maybe years ago. Little, maybe a little later. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, and so like the, the whole, when Griff came in, he, he turned over the, the, you know, the whole player to player uh, development mm-hmm. staff and, and, and all the, all the and, and Aaron Nelson was one of his big hires from Phoenix. We'd spent a ton of time there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, so anyway, so, so that's, the, I think that's the biggest, before what's gone on over the past few days, that was probably the most uh, frustrating point was no one really knows what the heck's going on and when he might be back um and healthy enough um because it's kind of being kept secret and so i have no reason to believe that he's going to see the floor of the season um that said regardless of how zion feels with the pelicans and vice versa next season is very important for a lot of reasons whether he's on the team or not um you know if he makes all nba he's eligible for the you know incremental extension money um and i think beyond that there's based on his injury uh situation so far there's certainly value in, in, in an extension with New Orleans, given he hasn't seen the floor for 85 games in his career so far. So there's a lot of moving parts here. Um, and so it's, you know, I, I'm not at the point where I'm saying I feel like Zion's played his last game as a Pelican. I think that's very premature. Um, I think the odds are not good right now, but I also think that the Pelicans know that he, for, you know, for his own financial interest, he's got to be mm-hmm. playing. At what point does, yeah. the endorse, does the endorsement money stop being at the level that it is? Because he's not on the floor. I mean, that, that, that's going to happen at some point if he's not playing. And so um, there are a lot of reasons, both in terms of future NBA contracts as well as endorsement money for him to need to get back on the floor pretty quickly. 
It is interesting, though, because we're going to see like Zion, like you said, and uh, this all stems uh, a lot of it from that Howard Beck piece in SI about Donovan Mitchell, him and uh, who is the other player that was mentioned that teams are waiting on? Why am I blanking? It was Zion, him and someone else. And I forgot. It's not I cannot remember off the top of my head. But either way, it's about just like teams getting Dame. Yeah, it was Dame. That's right. He was a little bit older. So they're just waiting for the next disgruntled star, this and the other. And this is something that I think Hawks fans, like me being in Atlanta, like I, this is something that I've kind of pit, mid, uh, pitched to other friends. I'm like, not making the playoffs this year. Like it's just a different set of standards for smaller market and medium market teams now. And Trey Young getting to the Eastern Conference Finals last year and then missing the playoffs this year, which is what it looks like. They're going to be a play-in team, but they might be put in a situation where they have to beat the Nets in a one-game sudden death situation. And it's probably not going to happen. And if that's the case, then Trey's like, whoa. We took a big step back this year. I can force my way out. I can do whatever. I can go be great. I'm a top 10 player in this league now. I'm going to go. And that's something that Luka could do at any moment's notice. They're building everything around Luka in Dallas. They've done everything. Still, you're seeing with Zion, we've never, like you said, it's unprecedented for this early. But I just, I wonder, man, like, what, what, like, does Zion know? Like, do players around the league know that when you see what happened with Harden and Simmons, where Simmons won, like, eventually Simmons just won. And now people are going to move on, and players are betting on the short term memory of fans, right? A little bit where they're just like, this is probably going to mm-hmm. blow over. Pelicans fans will forget that I did this for a year. And if I get moved or whatever, guess what? The NBA keeps moving, keeps churning along. If I lose some endorsement money or I get some heat now, guess what? They don't care because the second I'm back in the basketball court doing what I do because he is unlike anyone else on the basketball court, it's just, it changes. And I just, I don't know what you do. Like, how do you legislate that out? And then once you get to that point, what do you do? It just sucks for you guys. Like, that's what I keep coming back to. It just sucks for Pelicans fans because they didn't do anything wrong. And this, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it getting better. Yeah. um, Sorry, that was kind of a bummer. No, no I, I mean, you're understandable how I, but I really, I do feel like there is a, there is fans will forget this if things change. Um, so, you know, every day at a time, I mean, Zion, he both, he, he, he shared something um, the, the, just like an hour ago or with, with like Billy Hernan Gomez posted something about with, with like him picking up Zion off the, off the floor and and Zion reshared it, and so like it, it like it does it really for fans. I mean, they're they're called fans for a reason. It doesn't. It's not going to take much to to make them for, for forget. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to pretty much force your way off of a team for for the I think the city of New Orleans to, to permanently vilify you, like Eric Gordon, Anthony Davis, um, or just be a total um, total dud and, and look like you're half-assing the entire time, like Eric Blood. So like those are three guys that I think on the basketball floor that Pelicans fans are just totally done with. Um, mm-hmm. But like Zion, there, there's a very clear way back from this in New Orleans. <laughs> Play and embrace the city and embrace the team, and that's it. Like they'll forget. Um, hmm. But we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot that needs to change, as you, as you were saying. Well, in terms of basketball fit, how does CJ McCollum fit with what Willie Green wants to do with how BI has been playing this year? Um, he's really high on him. BI is just kind of like this unforgotten about great piece in New Orleans and just his development and how good he is now in this league. Um, I don't know. Do you do you like the fit? Um, excluding Zion for now, because we won't see that for a while, it looks like, and how those three work. But in terms of McCollum and BI, like, do you like those two together on the court? Yeah. I mean, I mean 
obviously the, the the defense is where there's there's a concern, but um, you know w- what made sense from the the moment the trade happened was you know put plug CJ in where Devonte Graham is now and make Devonte Graham your sixth man, and then you can fill in the Josh Hart role that you lost with with a with a big or a, a, a rangy switchy defensive guy, mm-hmm. and because the Pelicans the Pelicans were after their awful start where Bi and Zion were out and, and Herb Jones wasn't the guy he is right now as a, as a great defensive rookie. I mean, they've been a league average to slightly above league average defense um, mm-hmm. with the guys they have, you know, with Ingram and Devontae Graham starting. And so I, I think there's a pathway there to make the defense work. Um, again, um, well, Zion comes back, a whole different story. But the, ideally, you think the offense is, is so good at that point that defense becomes not as much of an issue. But, yeah, I mean, right. like there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of good uh, – I, I think I, I can compare it to a, the light version of um, DeRozan and Levine over in Chicago. I mean, like there's, hmm. there's, a, there's enough – basketball to go around um so um I, i'm not uh I, i'm not worried about the offensive fit bi is clearly having a little bit of struggles to, to get acclimated which that happens mid-season when you add a, a player a high use player like uh cj the pelicans mm-hmm. saw it four years ago when they got boogie from from sacramento i mean everyone was really excited what what that's going to look like and the team still didn't make the playoffs. I mean, they took, it was the next year they made the playoffs because it's hard to put in a player in, in, like that mid-flight and mm-hmm. fi- fix your, you know, how, how you're going to run your offense and your team mid-season. So, um, you know, ultimately the way the BIs made strides as a playmaker this season, the the way in which we've even seen CJ in the first four or five games get to the rim, driving and creating. Um, he's he's like 1.5 X his drives per game compared to where he's been in Portland. So like he can clearly do it. It's just, I mean, he, I think in a lot of cases he was taking a backseat to Dame um, in in terms of going attacking the rim and creating that sort of thing, um, not necessarily scoring, but um, you know, I I, th- I think that there's they can clearly they can coexist on offense. I think the fit is is clear. You put those two with with um, you know with Herb Jones who can who can defend multiple positions, uh, and then you figure out what to do with the front court. Jonas Valanciunas is playing playing great this year. He's he's a good defender if he's in the right system. Um, I think obviously he's not a guy who's going to be able to switch on pick and rolls like Steepy threes tore t- 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 him up or, uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times. But um, it was just ironically, it's the first game the Pelicans have after the also break us uh, the Suns without Chris Paul. Um, and, and yeah, and, but so, so the, the pieces are there. Um, I'm really excited for Larry Nance to get back. I think he's a nice, it, it, depending on whatever happens with Zion this year, Nance is a really a, a very seamless plug at the starting four spot with CJ, B.I., Herb Jones and Jonas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that team can do some damage. Um, Nance can fill a lot of the same roles defensively and rebounding wise that Josh Hart was doing. Um, while, while CJ obviously picks up on the creation. So um, long winded answer, but I think they've got, they've got a, a nice foundation. Um, and, and, and Willie green is someone that the, the players all love. And if they can just kill the Garrett temple minutes and, and we got ourselves a great, a good, a really good head coach in his first year. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll see where things go. Well, what's the biggest difference between Willie Green and Stan Van Gundy? Why do players like and gravitate more to to Willie Green? What have what have you heard, and what have that? What's the reporting been on that? Why why do players like Willie Green so much? Relatable, um, yeah. that's one, and, and also just the the positive, uplifting nature. And this isn't to say that mm-hmm. Stan was always the you know dragon players. I don't think like I don't get t- uh, Tibbs vibes from him, but mm-hmm. also the the way in which Willie Green lifts up his players and, and just is always puts a positive spin on things. It it, it gives them comfort. I mean, because because mm-hmm. a lot of times the losses pile up. You, it's easy to get down on yourselves, even 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 if you're you know you're playing well and you're losing a bunch of games by a point or two. If that's not you know if, if it shows in the standings that you're a bad team, 
you can easily mm-hmm. let that creep into your mind. But Willie Green doesn't let that happen. Um, you know, if you haven't listened to Josh Hart's podcast with JJ Reddick, go, mm-hmm. go do it. I mean, it, it, he, he can speak to it much better than I could about just the how you know, how much uh, Willie's really made, made, made him feel good about the team. And you, and you saw the day that Josh Hart and Nikhil were traded, they showed mm-hmm. up to the game that night. Uh, and, mm. and that just, that speaks volumes to what Willie Green is building uh, in New mm-hmm. Orleans. That You don't see that. That would have never in a million years happened last year. But um, they showed up, sat courtside, uh, you know, uh, Josh Hart and, and, and Nikhil and, you know, supported their teammates. And it was really nice to see. What's been uh, the biggest surprise on this team? What have what have what has surprised you the most this season about the Pelicans to this point? Good question. Um, I think well, Herb Jones has to be the the, the answer, mm-hmm. right? Um, he's a second round pick. That if anyone thought thought a rookie was going to crack the starting lineup, it was going to be Trey Murphy, who mm-hmm. is a bigger bigger wing who can, who can shoot threes. But Herb Jones comes on and just instantly becomes one of the top defenders in, in the entire league. Um, and that that's only slightly hyperbolic. I mean, the, mm-hmm. he's, he's at the top of all defense, the defensive advanced metrics you can find. Um, he is often tasked with guarding the opposing team's best perimeter player. He can even play a, in a forward type or big man role too. I mean, he's the versatility and the offensive awareness and knowing when to cut to, to be valuable, even though he's not exactly the, a, a, a huge offensive threat. He's, he's taken this team to a level defensively that they would never have been able to, to achieve otherwise, um, which is to say that this team had all the pieces to be a bottom five defensive team. Um, mm-hmm. when especially, you know, um, you know, if you couldn't really get to top 20 with Lonzo there, um, yeah, and now what do you, now what do you have? And, and they're honestly, they're be better defensive team this year than they were last year. Um, and so that's surprise number one for me. Um, I think, Jonas is a moderate surprise in how well he's been able to shoot the ball and he's made himself into teams aren't going to go rush to guard him at the three point line, but he's, he's shooting a good clip, a good percentage from three, which is not something anyone expected. Um, so I, I would have said Josh Hart, but obviously that they, they just traded him for, for mm-hmm. CJ Josh. I think the reason they were able to get CJ for just one protected pick is because of how good Josh Hart's been this year. And he's been his start in Portland's been great too. So um, I think as player wise, those are the, those are the three. And I think we've talked enough about how good of an impression Willie Green's made in the first year. So he's definitely uh, someone worth mentioning too. You're going to really miss Josh Hart. Like he has been the MVP of this podcast. Like you're you're you are leading the Josh Hart fan club. You're going to miss it, him, man. It's so funny because I I was I when I saw people start to say, well, you know, Josh Hart is so important to the locker room of this team. Why would we trade him mm. for CJ, who's on this huge contract? I was just like, come on, guys! Like CJ McCollum is like a top fifty player in this league. He's, mm. he, he's a bucket. Like he's he's a great he's he's uh, he's a president of the players association, which we didn't realize would be as important as it has been over the first few days of the Zion drama. But I mean, he's he's a player you you don't say no to for Josh Hart. So mm-hmm. um, I, I had to talk other people off the ledge on that one. Um, but I think it's just that again, this is only about the first five games or so with CJ. But the what, the skill set he provided for the Pelicans maybe outweighs his actual on court value, just because right now with no Larry Nance and no Zion, they're they're struggling to replace the, the, the rebounding and just the, the, the intensity. Um, but I think it's, I, it'll come. It's just like in the near term, it's, it's hard. It's hard to re- replace that motor quickly, you know? 
Interesting. Well, how do you see it ultimately ending? Let's end on this note. Do you think this team ends up making the plan? Do you think they make the plan and then make the playoffs? Do you think they have enough down the stretch here? Yeah, I'm not as bullish as everyone else in the plan. Um, I think that if you had to, if I had to pick a team to get the 10th spot, it it has to be New Orleans looking at the other teams out there, especially yeah. given Portland's been good, but they just lost Nurkic. They as also well. don't want it. Like Portland might just keep <laughs> shutting people down. Like they're just yeah. like, you're, you're going to stop this right now. Like this needs to end. We've given up everybody. Like this is just Anthony Simons. Like you need to go ahead and get that back in order. Like just yeah. get on the exercise bike. You're not going out there. Uh, yeah. This is over. Yeah. I don't, Portland's not doing this. It's not happening. So it's like down to New Orleans and, uh, and uh, uh, Sacramento, right? San Antonio, Sacramento. San Antonio yeah, too, but I don't think yeah. they want it either. Like, I don't think San Antonio has any interest. Yeah, I mean, they did trade Derek White, but they, they, they beat the Pelicans fairly handily. Uh, True. In their, and, like, right out of the trade deadline was CJ's, I think, second game or something. And, and Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, don't, I wouldn't rule the Spurs out. I wouldn't rule the Kings out, I guess. Um, and so it's got – I mean, yeah. New Orleans got to be the odds-on favorite for the 10th seed. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think the they can get they make it out? I mean, probability wise, the odds say no. I mean, I'd say they have about a one in five shot if they, once they make the plan, just mm-hmm. um, based on sheer numbers. I don't think it's impossible though. I mean, you look at the other teams in there. Um, the, the, you've got the Clippers who are also fairly injured. Um, <laughs> I mean, I thought they made a great trade uh, with Portland uh, right before the deadline, um, but uh, even the guys they got in that do, in that deal are, are hurt. Um, yeah. So there's them. There's Minnesota, who's been excellent, but you only you don't have to beat you only have to beat two of the three. So you got to beat the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Timberwolves at this point. You got to be got to be better than two of those three. And I don't know the 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 the, the Lakers are like a ticking time bomb in the similar way that Zion situation. So is it possible? Yeah, I, I wouldn't put money on it. But uh, if you gave me if you gave me better than five to one odds on New Orleans getting out of the plan, I take it. Um, but that's about where I got them is twenty percent. Once they get there, so they still got to get there first. So, well, you know, long odds, but not impossible. There you go. There you go. Well, what can the good folks check out uh, within the No Podcast with uh, the fellow uh, Bourbon Street Shots? Which, going back to my early college days, man, like that's when I was first reading you back a long time ago. The original ESPN True Hoop Network guys. Um, yeah, I miss the whole network. Bring it back. That's what I think. Um, but appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, so. I, I'm not doing much writing anymore. Just only mm-hmm. so many hours in the day, you know, but, but I'm yeah. still part of the Bourbon Street Chess team. We've got a great group of guys there um, who are just great. If nothing else, Twitter follows and follow the league pretty closely. Um, and then, yeah, uh, Shemit Dua and I do the In the Know podcast, uh, the Pelicans one for, for Blue Wire. So um, definitely check that out. Um, any place that, that your podcast sits, uh, ours yeah. probably does too. So um, yeah, that definitely, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of stuff coming out and I'm sure uh, there will be no shortage of Pelicans related news down the stretch here. There you go. There you go. Mason Gidsberg, thank you so much for the time. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to check back in again soon. Sounds good. Hopefully for better reasons, but let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. That's a wrap for the February 25th, the Friday edition here on the Chase Thomas podcast with Mason Gidsberg of In the Know and Bourbon Street Shots. Please go subscribe and check out the New Orleans Pelicans uh, podcast that Mason is a co-host on, part of the Blue Wire Pod family. So go check out all the great pods 
over there on our network uh, at bluewirepods.com. If you like today's episode of the podcast, please make sure you go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you get your podcast so you never miss a future episode. And also, if you like listening to today's episode, please make sure you leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and again, however you are listening. Uh, Don't forget, you can watch this very podcast if you'd rather uh, watch it than just listen. You can go to youtube.com, type in the Chase Thomas Podcast, hit that subscribe button, like, share it out, all that good stuff. And uh, don't forget to check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can get access to all of my previous episodes and all the information you need about this very program. Um, yeah, you get that. Follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas. Like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. And then subscribe to the daily newsletter, SportsRenaissanceMan.substack.com. SportsRenaissanceMan, that's me. Uh, type in your email. That's simple. Uh, all right, new episode coming to you tomorrow. Uh, Uncle Derek, how'd I do? Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. <laughs>